We're here. It's happening. It's episode uh, one one two one twelve. My goodness. Uh, this is digital digital get down. Get down. Your typical hosts Heather and Bennett. And uh, we're here. We are going to kind of switch up. I don't remember, remember if we talked about this last time. It's been that long, but... I think we changed uh, up our setup last time. And we're going to continue with that. We've accepted that in this... Um, that car's going off season, outside. Season of life, people say. Yeah. Uh, we just can't um, podcast regularly enough to be doing... I still think we could do like a three-minute podcast every day. Probably. Yeah. Um, we haven't even watched like a TV show all week, so... Uh, we are going to just focus a little bit more on updates and still do some kind of like... Our usual segments. Yeah, usual segments, but um, expect a little bit less from the book and movie because we can't always remember them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little bit more of the brief updates of what we've been doing since the last time we managed to get uh, an hour and a half to ourselves at night. They do like trailers for podcasts. I think that's what we would pull from from this episode to attract new viewers we might not know what we're talking about we probably <laughs> forget it but there won't be a lot of it so you won't really have to sit through too much of it oh, yeah that's that's basically what i'm saying <laughs> Come in download our banter cast i also haven't like listened to a podcast in a long time either i just tried opened up my car. app and no we, we did in the car that time what was that one about you were very upset about it it was that author that you don't <laughs> like <laughs> yes <laughs> That was a good podcast to listen to, though. Uh, the other two authors I had heard of, and the one that I didn't know of, you really disliked. So, Just like all these podcasts are the same. They're all talking about the pitch clock in baseball. But do we need another it's podcast about jerk, that? Babe. Circle jerk. You know, I love to say that. My God. Um, I have so many notes, though. I think I have more notes than like, I've ever do had Do you before. actually? You yeah. have more notes than me, I think. Well, not a lot, I guess. it's. Um, do we have any eight. intro stuff to talk about that? this time um that's normally like an interesting anecdote or something (laughs) yes um let me see if any of mine are anecdotes okay um Mm -hmm. we have Mm -hmm. learned a lot about sharks our son is very into sharks for me is that he's sort of moving on from trucks he doesn't really realize it yet but i realize it he still likes really important for me it is he still likes trucks they're his favorite toys to play with i would say would be i told him a few times that i hate trucks but he doesn't believe me I also don't want to teach him what hate means. So we've done touch a truck today and he was really excited. He still likes trucks, mm-hmm. but I think he finally realized we've just exhausted the truck books and the truck facts. Like, yeah. and now he's really into sharks and that's kind of expanding. Again, we've exhausted all the shark books of the library now. So it's expanding into other ocean creatures. Mm-hmm. And I could talk about ocean creatures all day. Like, you could, yeah. I, this is, I'm very excited about this. He's very into, like, nonfiction books about animals. Yep. And I'm into it. Good. I'm glad you're engaged. An engaged parent. Sure. Present. Um, Enjoying and... every moment. We don't blink, folks. We don't <laughs> blink because we might miss something. Oh, I wish I could miss something. Um, I've taken up watercolor painting. You're like a true artist, babe. I've been, I don't know if I talked about embroidery last time, but I've, I've been doing my needlepoint, like I'm in a Jane Austen novel, Mm -hmm. um, and I was irrationally excited, or not irrationally, what's the, Mm -hmm. um, like more excited than I needed to be Mm -hmm. about finding a a case for my embroidery on clearance the other day. You're the kind of gal who goes to Michael's for fun now. Yeah. I had a gift card to to use. And I got our son his new favorite toy, a whole bunch of little sharks. So I still don't understand why Michael's had sharks. They have a whole, like, kids' toys and crafts section. Gosh. Capitalism is a beautiful thing. Yeah, every time we go there, he goes, I need something for me. And then he needs to pick something out. Hmm. Um. Anyway, so I went to get embroidery stuff. And then I think that's what kind of inspired me to try to do painting the other night. Mm-hmm. about these painting kits you've been sitting on those kits for a while for months yeah for longer than since the last time we podcast <coughs> there was that one weekend when you're like i'm gonna be painting every day i'm gonna spend a lot of money and i'm gonna make beautiful i art. did make beautiful art i did Fact. spend a lot of money <coughs> uh, not as much as i could have that's um, yeah that's how i like to approach everything in life but it came out really good i had fun doing it it was mm-hmm. like a tight hour yeah 
like there was a video tutorial and you just kind of go with it because watercolor you just you just mm -hmm. go with it just paint night by yourself with no paint friends. night by myself no alcohol and no friends mm -hmm. um which sounds really depressing when you put it that way but i i, I enjoyed it i liked the paint night this I went is 34 to, judd apatow it is 34 hoop embroidery and watercolor solo watercolor watercolor for one <laughs> Is that what the community class was yes, watercolor for what, one. Was that one Spanish for one? Or no, it was cooking for one. Cooking for so one. Sad. Oh, God. Have you lost a spouse <laughs> oh, to old yeah, age? Cooking for one. Oh, that was one of our hobbies, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Me reading through those Riffin with snarky now. comments. Um, I have. A co I don't really have many newses, but would you like to start with some of yours? Um, sure. I'm not sure all of mine are that relevant anymore. What you peeking at, babe? I thought it was a rip. It's no. just, just a pee flap. <laughs> um, World Baseball Classic? This feels a little bit old. What's your hot take? Um, everyone was talking about it, but it seemed like it came out of nowhere. Like, mm. there was no lead up to it. People weren't like, you know what's coming up? The Baseball Classic. Like, the yeah, Olympics. I think that's fair as a... The uh, Olympics is prefaced, like, one could argue, mm. too much. Mm. Of, like, the music on NBC and, like, mm -hmm. everything's, like, a commercial for the Olympics. I felt like this, it was, like, the middle of the series. And everyone was like, the World Baseball Classic. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? Nobody explained it. Nobody, mm. like, preempted it. Mm -hmm. It was just like, are you watching the game tonight? Cuba's on. I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? Mm. So I felt unprepared emotionally yeah. for it. Okay. Because I, I didn't know it was happening. And I was confused. I want to legitimize everything you're saying. I was confused. Appreciate you being about, open and honest, vulnerable. Are they me. all MLB players? You think w they, they have just randos? Twenty Australian MLB players. That's no. why I was confused. It's confusing because it takes place in the middle of spring training, so some people leave spring training, some people don't. Doesn't make any sense. Um, it's sort of like the World Cup, but even more expanded because, like the the um. The first brackets like happened in different regions, like some were happening in Asia, and it wasn't until near the end where everybody got to, I think, Miami. Maybe that's why it started to be on people's radar now? Possibly. But oh god, that car is really freaking me out. It's outdoors doing that? Yeah. Yeah, that's because we've Hello, been everybody. leaving it outdoors in the rain. But it's, no one's pressing the button. I'm saying the, the rain ghost. has gotten into the wires and glitched it. That's not okay. meant to be an outdoor My other toy. baseball comment, I'm playing this really sad simulation game called Out of the Park, OOTP. I'm really, like, really missing my PlayStation, which I never thought I really mm. would. But I now play... This Even I'm missing the oh, PlayStation? Gosh. I'm now playing this iPad game where you just click one button and it does the baseball play for you and you just watch to see what the simulation did and you just tap the same Babe. button again and again and again. I didn't know it had gotten this dire. You're allowed to warm up the bullpen at least. Oh, honey, that's not And make strategic better. decisions. That's not better. Um, I think we need to break out the PlayStation again sometime. I don't like you when you, when you play Buzz and Taz. You get really... To bossy yeah but that's because there's no split screen and bugs is in charge and i have to play bugs yeah we don't have to but that's my player this is the banter that that's the people my player. come from don't even be like that you know that like you had i'm a just an player. npc to you non-playable character yeah i did not think you were gonna uh, get that Taz is playable but he's just like secondary playable like you kind of mm. just pull him in when you need him to spin we can play a different game or we could get out the, um, the Nintendo Nintendo, and do mm -hmm. some, I keep saying I'll play Dr. Mario with you. Yeah, we should do that sometime. Um, I, every time we, every time our kid wants to read a dinosaur book, I just miss that horrible Jurassic game. Yeah, the one where like you would read dinosaurs. in the middle of playing dinosaurs. that. Yeah. I don't know how you're going to get back into that. Um, one of them I left in a very disastrous spot where all the dinosaurs were loose and killing everybody. Mm. So I might have to just restart. Well... Yeah, probably a full winter in a uninsulated pod has maybe restarted oh, everything. God. Even Subnautica? Subnautica is overrated. I know I am so not the typical gamer. I think I gamer. need to just give up on it. I did it. not enjoy Subnautica. You already gave up on it. We, um, once we were Googling things, you, you've you lost the game. The problem is I was starting to play so sporadically that I never remembered where yeah. I left off. And it's a game where you need to remember where you left off. Like, Ugh, you need to remember, like, not my what game. your next step was and stuff. And 
at the end like you had to have all these very specific upgrades that i don't know how the fuck i would have known that i needed to like, like in the do right them order in the, yeah without googling it so okay. i think i maybe did as much as i'm Hot going take to take about gwyneth paltrow skiing now when this headline like first came up on like the fifth page of my like mm-hmm. my google news feed i was like wow this is a funny headline once it became like the talk of the town as you might say i was mm. totally over it but i still think just taking a step back and being like is it a good idea to get hit by a celebrity on a ski slope for your longevity financial or health and how do you balance that i think it's ripe for discourse i think the answer is no <laughs> because he lost and, and people started walk. to actually like Gwyneth Paltrow again, <clears throat> which has not happened in a long time. That was a twist. It makes me not want to go skiing, though. Um, I mean, the way that at we like skied... like a fancy mountain. I was going to say, the way that we skied last time at mm. the local mountain, I think we were okay. You think? Actually, yeah. I did run into a tree. This is true. I was like... I got <laughs> down to the bottom of the hill, and I was like, I felt good, but, like, I really smoked her back there. Like, Wow. Like, I was cruising, but normally she could was catch there. up to me. I was, like, me. fully in the trees. I, like, could have really hurt myself. I did my first glade, and you're like, nothing bad happens in the glades. And immediately you It wasn't you in the glade. Tra- <laughs> it was a wide-open trail. Everything's a glade if you try hard enough. I mean, yeah. All right. Um, Jonathan Major's hot take. Oof. Um, that the military is bad, even if mm. you're black. Army brat. Army brat. And that... Um, the the fact that his attorney thought that like the the girlfriend's text of like I'm so sorry I didn't mean to get you in trouble was gonna like be the well, the I, smoking I gun. I stopped attention to the story. I just feel personally annoyed mm-hmm. because like I haven't. I you were an early like, supporter of him. Uh, probably not, but I haven't like gotten attached to too many actors. But like the the last black man in San Francisco, his role in particular, I was like, wow. That was great. That was like one of the first movies I was looking forward to putting on screen digits so that I could like give out the awards mm. and everything. And would and I have who told ever you gone to watch that movie? Would I have ever and gone? And how long did it take you for you to listen to Ant Man and the Wasp and the Quantum World? No, but did it? But like, if I was like threatened and I had to pick a a third stage Marvel movie or whatever you call it, I would have picked that one. That's the nicest compliment I can give. Mm. And, like, it's just hilarious because, like, they, like, I mean, it's not hilarious, but they were building up, you know, huge franchises around him. And mm-hmm. now everybody has to walk Backpedal. it all back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe people could just not abuse their, their partners. That seems pretty, pretty simple advice. Um, the movie Air. Did you ever see the trailer for it? The only thing I saw about it that was going around the internet was mm. people being impressed that Ben Affleck speaks fluent Spanish. And there was a clip of him talking huh. about it. And um, it was interesting because uh, I, I know you've said it about me before, too. But when when you speak Spanish, you kind of like or when you speak a different language, like your personality changes a little bit with mm. the language, the mm-hmm. way that you speak it, like your mannerisms and the way you use your hands and your facial expressions like language is not just like different words but there's a lot of different yeah like you have to kind of embody a different version of yourself to speak a different language mm-hmm. and um he totally did that he had like an accent and he was kind of like the gesturing he does this in no this was an interview oh for like mexican tv or something God, i was so confused <laughs> I, th- I don't think any of the, the key a- nike players were <laughs> Hispanic. It was an interview he was giving about the movie. also, why was he casted in that That's role? The, uh, <laughs> That's the only press or anything I've seen about it. It's an interview he was giving in Spanish. Two, two tours with Jennifer Lopez and you get fluent. Uh, it seemed like he's been fluent for a long was time. Was goal? Yeah. Well, I didn't see it go in. It crossed over the line. Right oh, yeah, it did. Um, is it tied now? Should be. It's so like a challenge again. I The only thing I heard was uh the spanish that i understood from him which was mostly about how they had to figure out how to make the movie without having michael, michael jordan, jordan in it so that's like one and they, he explained it one of my opinions but well you mean like have the actual michael jordan or they do have somebody in the credits they that says said michael jordan. they wanted to minimize the michael jordan role because how 
for someone who's still alive and still yeah. doing interviews and things and like how could it would be difficult <sighs> i don't know they I'll just, just say it was one, it's one of the dumbest worst trailers i've ever seen <laughs> and it should be a movie that i should have been lining up to see i i like bateman most of the time uh and you have affleck and you have damon all all bantering together and the trailer is just atrocious <laughs> it's like hey, how are we gonna save this this shoe company well i have an idea why don't we take a risk on a no-name guy from north carolina and like it builds up like with swelling to the music for like the reveal that it's like michael jordan it's like no shit yeah the story of nike involves michael jordan I would love to pay $11 or $5 on a Tuesday to learn yeah. more about this backstory. It really, you'll have to watch the trailer sometime. It really felt like an SNL skit where they were just yeah. missing a couple of punchlines. It was just bad. The, maybe you should watch the interview in Spanish because it's, maybe. Maybe it's more compelling. He basically was talking about how they had this challenge of like, they didn't want to like make it be like a Michael Jordan biopic and have to like, pick an actor that nobody's really gonna buy is michael jordan yeah. um but the story is obviously s michael jordan is central to the story so they talked a lot about he talked a lot about like how they had to kind of balance that of like not making it so obvious that they're not centering michael jordan mm. but not like having it be a biopic so the way he explained <sighs> it was interesting and i it made me intrigued so it was like, what's the cheapest, laziest way we can tell this story? Mm -hmm. All, all inside of a, a sh shoe company. Anyways, I think we need to make trailer time a segment where I give mm. my hot takes on trailers. That one's terrible. Prompt packed on Disney. I was like, I was like, I saw Milo, my zombies guy, mm -hmm. show up, and I was like, okay, he's getting some fresh material here. Let's do it. And it's such a bad trailer as well. It's like, it's all about fucking Harvard again. I'm so done with, like, Harvard life goals. I think goals. we have finally, like, aged out of, like, the college oh, process. Remember God. when we were watching... Spider-Man oh, coming Spider home. Oh, Spider-Man, whatever. Mm -hmm. And also to all the boys that I've loved the third time. Yep. And the whole thing was about, like, which college are we going to go to? Mm. Like, I think we're finally just too old for that to hit. Everybody seems to be, at least in our age range, agreeing that college is largely a scam, especially private college. And yet, the media, it just keeps circulates yeah. the, circulating this. I think that's because but it's people that are Harvard, our age that are writing it. I know. And they're trying to, like, force that onto younger kids. I don't know. Bad trailer. Um, good. Can I talk about a good trailer? For yeah, sure. trailer time? Mm -hmm. Wish, a new Disney movie that I hadn't heard much about. Okay, different than Luck, which was terrible? Yes. Wish, Luck was not Disney. That was Apple+. Right. Plus. Wish has Chris Pine as some sort of evil prince. Mm -hmm. His voice work oh, was yeah, really good. Oh, yeah, I saw the good. headline, didn't click it. And it's an Afro- afro-latina um like princess mm -hmm. i mean very light-skinned still but um an afro-latina princess and it's like an, an original story it seems i don't think it's That's super rare. like fairy tale based mm -hmm. at least not that i know of not a popular one um and the opposite of that the little mermaid mm -hmm. uh i don't think it's going to be that great but I'm very excited. You've been talking about this movie for like a full well, year, correct? Our child, that the one princess that our child cares about is the Little Mermaid for whatever reason. Well, on occasion, yeah. If he had to pick one, mm, probably. And your niece also really likes the Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just I'm excited that there can be a little bit better representation from the Disney princesses, especially. So that's what for we're your gonna niece. go to in the theaters. What's the last move? What's the, when's the last time we went to the movie theaters? Thor, oh Thor, Love and Thunder. Oof, no, I forget it. about that. Um, so yeah, I think we should go with your niece and whatever. Um, the one more Disney piece of news is kind of mm. bad news. Well, whatever news. Um, Lilo and Stitch are doing a live action one. A live action Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Um, and I was like cautiously excited because i feel like that is a criminally underrated disney movie like live action like, like how they're done with aladdin and lion king yeah but stitches in an yeah I know. Mm. um there's a lot of aliens as well right um but the bigger issue is like how John favreau will figure it out they really like whitewashed lilo the, mm -hmm. the three main characters His lilo sister. and lani uh Lonnie, I think, and then right. the love interest whose name I'm blanking on. Mm -hmm. Like in the movie, they're 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 pretty like 
darker skin tone mm -hmm. and the people they've cast are like really white passing and i just re read some interesting discourse on twitter before it dies it's becoming a mess but um about how like the kind of the whole point of the movie is that lilo is bullied because she's native and like some of the bullies right. in the movie are white and like what are casting directors gonna get with the get with the program? i don't know i don't know so and then people were talking about how there were actually more like um anti-colonialism anti themes in the original lilo and stitch and they cut them and then disney then like opened a hawaii disney resort huh. so people are saying that like not only is disney not really willing to rock the boat as we've already known for a lot of reasons although i am happy that they're suing the pants off of ronda santis but um not only are they like not the most progressive because they need to like just get the most money as possible mm -hmm. but like again they just want to make money so they're they're only going to go so far like people were kind of excited thinking maybe they could actually do a little bit more with like the native themes of it yeah but not if they like want to make money on their like hawaiian luau mm -hmm. whatever thank you for that rundown babe you brought it up my last trailer time there's a movie called Tetris, mm. which just on its name made me want to forget I had ever seen the trailer. Again, another thing where they're like, let's take one piece of nostalgia, whether it's a shoe and build a dramatic or, a, or an overrated game. I'm saying it. And let's, yeah, let's basically take the Wikipedia and mm. just write a real quick script. Most important thing about the movie Tetris that I learned. I stayed till the end of the trailer and I'm glad I did. It's rated R. <laughs> I found that hilarious. Because they swear a lot? Or is there graphic nudity? I have no nudity? idea. But Violence? I, it was the most interested I was in the movie was when the <laughs> final thing flashed out. So now out. we're going to need to watch it to see why it's rated kind R. Of? Did you Tetris. see the thing? Did you see the thing that was going around the internet that was like the lord of the rings movies were rated pg-13 so they could have dropped one f-bomb and where should they have put it <laughs> it was a funny game it was really funny actually especially with all three why you fucking yeah, exactly why you fucking fool me I, I that was great I babe. Have one um but some of like the frodo ones it is were not really funny. fucking this day <laughs> This, Not fucking, this day. fucking day, yeah. Um, there was some funny Frodo <laughs> ones that was like, "The fuck you do!" Like just adding or like they're fucking potatoes, like those <laughs> Sam games. Anyway, um, I can't fucking carry you. Exactly. That was one of the top ones. Look at too. me. I okay. hate those books so much. Um, my the, last the books. Like I skimmed them when oh, I was God. like fourteen. Uh, my last news. Possibly the dumbest entertainment headline I think I've read in a long time. Mm -hmm. Filming to resume on movie Rust. Has there ever been a movie that deserved to be... I have a worse one than that. Okay. Alec Baldwin yeah. to produce a documentary about what happened in Rust. That's a real headline as well? Yes. So he's like, Profiting I had this tragedy, he, but he now murdered. I'm going to double down on it. Yeah. yeah, I just, if there was, like I was saying, if there had ever been a movie that should just have cut just your losses, cut the, friends. yeah, yeah, and, oh gosh, I can't, I can't believe people would go to see that. Okay. Would you like a happier? Yeah, that um, was the end of my news. Let's. Will Friedle almost got an Eric spinoff. Did you read that Will story? Will Meaning Boy Meets World, Boy not Meets World. Will Yeah, okay. Almost got an Eric spinoff of the show. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Call, would have been called, what was his slightly offensive like... name? Um, Good Looking Spy? No, when he comes back and he has like a Native American inspired oh, name. Oh, Talks with Squirrels? Talks with Squirrels, yeah. Um, So they were going to have him like leave the show, like in mm -hmm. the middle of of it running oh, like having not, like, be side by side kind buffy of. angel yes i think that's what happened i have no I idea, have about no idea. that eric was gonna move to los angeles you know that one where he just drives I love away that episode, and Corey goes yeah. with him yeah the so i guess one. the original idea was that um he was gonna like drive all the way to uh the literally to the ocean he like drives <laughs> off of santa monica pier uh -huh. and then he was gonna like have like 
LA friends and like try to try to make it as an actor or sure. whatever and have it be a little bit like uh, what's the Joey yeah um so yeah they were like the LA thing they like were kind of like writing his send off mm-hmm. and then they it ended up to not happening and he never really got a reason why it didn't happen but well I thought you would find that interesting uh yeah um I don't really know if I want to talk about any of these other newses. Okay. Um. We can get into our main content, babe. Yeah, I don't remember any of the main content. So I'm gonna have to. We starting with book, right? Um. Sure. Yep. Quick book and then quicker books. Yes. Quick books. That's funny. That is funny. Yeah. Quick book and quicker books. Yeah, yeah I think it's funny. trademarked, but. <laughs> um. So we're gonna talk about weather, by Jenny. Awful. Thank you for having the last name ready. I knew that one. Because I've been saying, why didn't you read that book by Jenny Awful? I've yeah. just been saying that for... When did you read this I just feel bad because her name sounds like awful when you say it like that. She yeah. must have had a rough childhood, unless that's her married name. I still love there's a baseball player on the Dodgers, I believe. Last name, Outman. O-U-T-M-A-N. Oh, I mean, Ball 4 was Ball really 4 was really one. good, yeah, too. Um, it's spelled O-F-F-I-L-L. You read this book in May 2021? Yes, I don't remember a fucking thing. I read it in just in October. Feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, my review was not helpful either. (laughs) So this is a literary uh, novel, short novel. And it's, I guess it's in the thematic arena of sort of climate change fiction climate anxiety climate anxiety that's the term would you call it a cerebral novel is that what cerebral means yeah i guess so um i specifically remember the stream of consciousness like it's very kind of scatterbrained yeah is that not the same as cerebral what does cerebral mean cerebral just to me just means like kind of um highfalutin like very thinky yeah I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you can continue talking. We are we're delivering exactly what we promised. We do not do false advertising here. Okay. Um. So the main character's name is Lizzie. It looks like. <laughs> so here's what I remember of the book. You try to come up with a synopsis. Here's what I remember about okay. the book. It is kind of this like satirical or um, I, I wrote detached. Yeah, um, she's like slowly detaching from her like own life. It's this like satirical kind of style where climate change is rapidly happening, worsening, mm-hmm. and like she knows it, and her like mentor at work knows it, and she just is like slowly panicking more. But as she panics more, she kind of like detaches more from the reality of it. Yeah. In a way that I found very relatable because of like you ask me, like I literally the other day saw like a like MIT climate climate study and I like did the little free survey thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, yes, I think climate change is extremely, you know, concerning and we need to do something about it. But like in my everyday life, it's just kind of it's kind of one of those things. We'll talk about it more when we talk about the movie we're going to watch, I guess, because it's that's why I wanted to do the two of them together. But it's like in your everyday life it doesn't necessarily affect you very much it is kind of hard to like no one can sustain panic all the time it's the same Mm -hmm. reason the covid response was such a fucking mess especially in this country is like against a a fairly typically invisible problem Mm -hmm. it's very hard to like maintain that level of of alert um so this book was kind of this just very um What's the word I'm trying to think of? Neurose, neurotic, mm-hmm. like neurotic um, journey of her, like accepting the reality of climate change and how it's going to fuck everything up mm-hmm. and both panicking about it and kind of like disassociating from it at the same time. Yeah. And it very much just like drops you into her brain Correct. and then just ends. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely not your like, typical up and down plot Rise structure and fall, yeah. yeah and it's fairly short um and it it's definitely i what i think one of the things i found most interesting about it was 
the level of speculativeness of it. Mm-hmm. Like, is this supposed to be happening in our real world? Or is this yeah, supposed to be in, like, to an be alternate world? a little bit more alternate. Like, there are parts um, that... I don't... I forget if she mentions Trump by name, the T-word, or whatever we used to she say. She just says left-wingers and right-wingers. Right. But it's, it's kind of um, implied. So, I, like... It's, like, one of my pet peeves is, like, Trump fiction or, like, Trump, you know, um, like, wow, here's how it could have been even worse. That type of thing. Like, I'm not here for that. Can I tangent a little bit? Sure. I think that one of my recent pet peeves with books is books that, like, try to be too, I don't want to say too realistic, but too grounded in, like, the minutia of this world. Mm -hmm. Like, I like pop culture references and things like that they can be funny but i just like had to stop reading a book because it talks like so much like every other page was talking about how the main character had a bookstagram and a book talk and was Mm -hmm. making a book stack it's not much of an escape for you babe it's it's... not it's like very cringy to me Mm -hmm. like it's like trying too hard to be relevant Mm -hmm. like i don't i think there's some level of at least for me of reading that I don't want to read a book that I feel like I could have written either in quality or in, in, um, content. Mm -hmm. Beautiful goal. Um, and I just, I think it's similar for me is like, even if it's like a realistic fiction, I want it to be some level of escapist. Like we've talked about before. I don't necessarily want to read about like a COVID reflection or recollection Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily want to read about like the trump election you don't need to read a book about bookstagram Mm -hmm. like there needs to be some a little bit of separation so that i can just like escape into the book world even if it's a realistic world Mm -hmm. and i think there are things that jar me out of that and i think that's kind of what you're getting at tangentially i think that's fair um, I'm just reading the rest of my review here. I compared it to White Noise, Don DeLillo, in terms of how it kind of... The amount of times I tried to read that book for you, babe. I... <clears throat> um, we're going to watch Adam Driver be beautiful in the movie, babe. I... It's still on the okay. list. I will watch that. What year um, did it come out? It's last year, so Shit. it won't count towards our screen digits goals, but uh, achievements. Um, I, I did not like the second half of this book, really, though. There's, like, things like head towards an infidelity storyline which is like one of my just the tropes that i'm not here for yeah and i felt like in a book that was trying to do so much about god they gave it right back um watching the bruins while we're podcasting of course just to make the listening experience that much more riveting i'm gonna connect this to my hockey diatribe so um what was i saying infidelity you didn't really like the second half of it yeah it's just like i felt like the book had so much potential like there's this whole thing about she becomes the um like the gatekeeper for her old professor who's doing all the podcasts about the climate change and so she's like there's like different formatting and different um sort of motifs that come into play and then when it was just like oh it's going to become a domestic novel like it has to stay grounded as a domestic novel with all the normal tropes i was like ah come on for a short book with a lot of punches you know available to it i felt like it was a little bit of a waste i did not really write a helpful review but i gave it an a minus which is fairly high for me Mm -hmm. and i would say that for me that's just I I like a strong character. I like a strong character-driven book, and this mm-hmm. was definitely character-driven mm-hmm. in a way. Um, I think I I think the author just put to words so many of the things that I think and feel about climate change, mm-hmm. and just really nailed that balance of like panic and paralysis mm-hmm. with the, something large like That's a good turn of phrase like um like climate change. I'd be interested to. I don't know if I want to reread it, but I'd be interested to reread it, like, post-COVID. Mm-hmm. When, did, when did I say I read it? I guess it was it was after COVID when yeah. I read it. But Two years ago. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see how I feel about it now. But um, I just think that e- even if I, I, I agreed that, like, the ending was a little bit too stark or a little bit too abrupt for me. Mm-hmm. And, but I just 
for whatever reason, like the absurdist, whatever satirical tone mm-hmm. really worked for me to make it not feel as depressing as it could have. Gotcha. While still like reflecting a lot of my feelings. All right. Let's head into QuickBooks. QuickBooks. So I can go first. I've only read like two <laughs> books since we uh, since we last podcasted. Okay, I've read a lot. We're gonna so. save Fun Home and talk about sometime. Oh right. You think? Yes, we should. Okay. So then the two that I've read that aren't that would be Objects in the Mirror by one Ste- Stephen Kellogg. Yes. Friend of the show. Sure. Friend of the podcast. He friend of the just tweet. Once. Yeah. <laughs> friend of one tweet. Um, saw Stephen open at a concert a few months back just a jolly aging singer songwriter Mm -hmm. i don't really understand that lifestyle still where you're like never really been a headliner i don't get how you can afford a mortgage or anything and i read his whole memoir and i still don't understand (laughs) um but it was like it was like a dad lit i don't know if that's a genre but it was some solid dad lit and then the girls i've been by tess sharp which i think you told me to read I don't think you've read it, but I'm pretty sure you told me to read it. Maybe, and you hated it. Uh, basically, for the first page, I was just like, I am going to hate this book. And I, I powered through, You, despite you telling me not you to. You haven't been... I did tell you to stop reading books that you don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, you have been searching for a read, new genre. It's a read list. It is? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll have to take it off. I've been searching for... You've been searching for, like, a new genre, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to help you with that, is what's happening here. That's my quick books. Um, Thank you for listening. I I have read a lot of books since the last Where are you time at podcasted. on your yearly goal? Uh, 58 out of 100. Pretty far ahead. I am 58 out of 100 in end of April? Wow. I am at 7 out of 25. Mm, one behind schedule. schedule. Man. I should probably just change it at this point, but... Um, I've read a lot of graphic novels because that's what I tend to do at the library while our kid plays uh, with the toys there is just grab a graphic novel from the the shelf that's right there. Mm -hmm. I finished my, I don't know how to call it, rereading via audiobook of Mm -hmm. my favorite Tamara Pierce um, quartets, a trilogy of quartets. (laughs) Um, Trilogy of quartets, yeah. And that was like really mostly a joy although i think i talked about this last time that i realized i don't like full cast audio and that was a little struggle for me i still don't really get why you have such a strong opinion you love your audiobooks when it's just the same guy going it's weird what do you mean i'm just thinking about that one that i listened to in the I car that I time would like i thought i would like a full cast audio book like and I, I didn't i didn't like it weird um i read a very long ass book that's been on my to read just forever on my Kindle forever, the luminaries, the Booker winner or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fine. It was like too long for what it was. <laughs> I gave it a B. I don't think it was worth like a thousand pages. Mm. However, I am interested in her newer book that come out. It just came out. Mm-hmm. Eleanor Cat Caton. Um, she just came out with one called Burnham Wood. Have you okay. heard about it? No. And I liked her writing style. And this one's only 430 pages, which seems a little bit more. <laughs> but it's an eco-thriller, which mm-hmm. makes me think that it might kind of be similar to um, the overstory. Right. It's, um, and it's also, remember when we went to New Zealand and then the, like a year later that like there was like a landslide and that entire town got blocked off? Oh, yeah. Um, that's basically what this is about. A landslide in New Zealand. And then it's like an abandoned farm. And then people like occupy the farm as like an eco terrorist thing i don't know mm-hmm. um so yeah the luminaries was it was good but was it worth a thousand pages i don't think so um aurora i finished the consortium rebellion series which i really liked rebellion. terrible series name but mm. um polaris rising aurora blazing chaos reigning like just a very solid sci-fi okay like space opera series Mm -hmm. it like space opera romance like there's like a main romance in each one but it's also like set to the bigger backdrop of like a rebellion um not like not like how you're picturing it no (laughs) um i also read a lot of kj charles yep um i read uh her newest one 
the secret Li- or one of her newer ones the secret lives of country gentlemen and i really liked it one of my favorites of hers so i went back and just like read some others of hers from the library um and kind of like blew through two of her older series um and i liked them more than i thought most of the other ones i've read of hers are either like a true series with like the same characters throughout mm-hmm. Or just kind of like one that can stand alone. And both of these older series of hers that I read were like the different character out of the same friend group kind of series, which I enjoyed. Okay. Sense of the Cities, I enjoyed more than I You're such thought. a good reader. Um, I finally read A Marvelous Light by Freya Marsk, who is a fan fiction author that I really liked like oh years and years ago and mm-hmm. she's now like a published author and has this trilogy more fandom um captive prince wow i think i didn't realize there was a there was a fan fiction genre in that yes um but i feel like that brings up my one of the the things i wanted to complain about mm. which is I read this there, there's a thing in like the romance world right now um of like hockey romances i guess mm-hmm. which partially seems to be because some fan fiction authors started writing about hockey mm-hmm. um so this this book that was going around i was like okay i'll give this a try it was just like straight up fan fiction like i was talking to elizabeth former guest of the show friend mm-hmm. of the show actual friend of the show about this and i just like there are certain things that fly in fan fiction that just don't work for me in traditional publishing. Like, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief quite a bit in fan fiction to just enjoy reading the characters in ridiculous situations and just work like that in a real so book. So, do you me. feel like it's lazy by the author or it just doesn't. First of all, lazy by the author that it really just seemed like Check Please, the graphic novel, like fan fiction mixed with hockey. Hmm. Um, like, how, pop- how how popular is it? to have or how common is it to have a food vlog and live in a frat house with hockey players probably not uh so that just felt felt really derivative Mm. and also it just nothing happened and the book literally ended with them just saying i love you to each other for the (laughs) first time and the book just ended like i just i'm i'm not i've read plenty of fan fiction in my life i'm not saying that like they don't count as authors or anything like that. Like, mm. I respect the hell out of fan fiction authors. It's a lot of time for nothing. To, uh. But, like, I just think if you're going to turn it around to traditional publishing, you have to kind of follow at least a few of the rules and structure of, like, a traditionally published book. I, I'm i kind of surprised that you have such strong feelings about this because you read so much just on your phone. Does it really matter to you whether it's a Kindle app that a library paid for or a website with a fan fiction story i guess it does is what i'm saying if i go into it thinking this is a traditionally published book or Mm -hmm. even a self-published book a published book just how you i have different expectations Hmm. for it and for me i was frustrated reading it because it was cute as hell it was very addicting i have the second one lined up on my Mm -hmm. phone i'm gonna read it just annoyed that somebody feels like i'm I'm annoyed that they're i'm annoyed that they're selling it and marketing it Mm -hmm. as a like regular book because it did not seem to like follow the rules for me you know i'm like a pretty black and white kind of person mm. like to me it's like fan fiction has its own purpose and it's over here and published like traditionally published books have a different purpose and they're over here mm-hmm. and i don't like this blending confusion of it freya marsk wrote a bunch of fan fiction mm-hmm. and then she like wrote her own series that was intended to be a book sure and I still get to enjoy her writing and some of like the tropes and vibes of fan fiction without it feeling like it was literally just like a printed out fan fiction. Okay. Um, another book that I felt like had some fan fiction vibes that I really liked is Beating Heart Baby. I'm not going to go too much into it because I know we're like, I've already talked a lot, but um, I have two more I'm going to talk about. Okay. Beating Heart three more okay beating no i'm gonna make you read the other one two more beating hard baby was a book that started out a little slow like i kind of couldn't get into it first and then Mm -hmm. by the end i was like in tears and like very emotional about it Mm -hmm. it's um i don't know i i really liked it 
I, I don't know how to describe why I liked it, but that okay. one's good if you like YA, if you like queer stories, if you like, um, if you like anime. There's a lot of anime references. Mm-hmm. So this is Ever After is the one I'm going to talk about that I did not like. It was fine. I bought it because I really liked the author's first book, and I saw a few good recommendations of this one. Um, looking at you, Ian, this is a little bit your fault if you listen to this, but. It just, the tone didn't work for me. It was meant to, I think I was telling you about this one. It was meant to be like the, kind of like carry on, like after the quest, like a fantasy one. Mm-hmm. Like cozy fantasy is starting to be a thing. I really oh. liked Legends and Lattes, Psalm for the Wild Built. It's like okay. cozy sci-fi. Yeah. Where it's like, there's not this like giant, like we have to save the ring and throw it into the mountain right. or everyone's going to die. Stakes, yeah. yeah, it's it's just more like, yeah, a little bit lower stakes in, in, a, in a, like a comforting way. Cause yeah. Plenty of people like fantasy and sci-fi, but you don't always want to have to read about the apocalypse every single fucking time you want to read about it. So this one, I I liked the concept. It was meant to be like, so this is ever after, like you've done the quest, you killed the evil dude, then what happens? Mm -hmm. But the tone didn't work for me. It was a very like record scratched look at the camera, like I bet you're wondering how I got here kind of tone that didn't (laughs) work for me. Yeah. And like... I think it, I don't, I don't know how to say this in a not rude way. I think it was a challenging, challenging proposition for the author to make you care about the characters without actually seeing the character development part. Mm. Like the quest, the whole point of why they're popular and stuff is that obviously they're an easy up and down plot, Mm -hmm. but it's also an easy way to develop your characters, right? Like you put them through shitty situations and see what they do. Mm -hmm. If you've missed all of that and now they're all just like lounging around a castle it's kind of hard <laughs> to get you to like s- understand the characters and see their growth. Yeah. So I just felt like I you wasn't that invested in the characters, editor. and yeah, I struggled with it. Okay. Um. So I I wanted to like that one a lot more than I did. It was fine. I kept reading it. The fantasy world was decently well done. Like I, it stuck in my head. I kept thinking about it, but the actual mm-hmm. book, and it ugh, this. The, the two characters in it were so dumb. Like, they were supposed to be, like, 18-year-olds. <laughs> and they acted like they were, like, 13. Like, oh, does he like me? I can't mm. ask him. Eh. And I just... Can't stand again, that. Again, maybe I'm too old. But you would definitely not have liked that if you don't like mutual pining kind of thing. Where they're both, like, in love with each other but won't say it. <laughs> mm-hmm. This was, like, the most, like, middle school version of that. Oh, that I couldn't... Oof. And Ooh. I'm going to make you read Our Wives Under the Sea. Okay. And I'm going to see if I can get an actual podcast person to come. Well, Ian's podcast is slightly more legit than ours. Oh. But he's excited to come and be a guest, perhaps. What's his podcast? All books? Mm, gay books. Nice. Queer books. Queer literature. It's called something. Um, un- Let's unpack that. Nice. Solid solid name. And it's like a box with a rainbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's unpack that. All facts, no banter was their most recent episode. <laughs> Nice. Ours is all banter, no facts, no content. <laughs> um, would you like to do a, a book digits advertisement? Do we do screen digits or do we do book digits these days? Book digits is oh, is just off. just so so it's just so con- consistent. Yeah, get new users, get new reviews. I'm still looking for some some screen digits. Some uh people who have power users exactly people who have seen their fair share of good and bad content and like to rate it yeah what did you do um if you'd like to hear more about any of the other books i did not talk about or see my reviews of any of the books i just talked about you can see them on book digits my username is heather's corner uh you can see me on the front page under the all-time top readers the past month top readers or the diamond club um how many more points you got to go till you get oh i'm probably getting pretty close have you liked my most recent reviews? not in a while well you're no help 33 points to go all right we'll that's get 10 there. books yeah pace yourself Ish. yeah okay next week <clears throat> just kidding <clears throat> um and that's b-o-o-k-d-i-g-i-t-s.com that's it we'll link you straight over to screen digits as well yes i don't have a jingle for that Okay. S-C-R-E-E-N-D-I-G-I-T-S. Not as good. Yeah. Screen digits. Just go to book digits and then click the little TV symbol. That's the one. Um, 
And I like Screen Digits because it shows you which services things are on. Because I fucking hate using the do that the for TV free. the TV search thing to try and figure out like where mm-hmm. you can watch the Roku it. Roku search, yeah. God, tell the people how you were misled by that one pirate show that you I were. Was, I was. You were getting I hot and like, heavy watching that. That I one watch? night. And well, I was trying not to have our son watch lesbian porn. Um. <laughs> He talks about penises all day long and vaginas, and I just I didn't think it was appropriate for him to watch the. Oh, that was almost oh, a goal. Um, oh, this is it. Yeah. Wow. Dang. Great, great chuck by them. It's a high scoring game. Holy moly. Yeah. Um, where's the where's the squares? What's our number? <sighs> um. Black sales. It told me mm-hmm. that. The, the TV told me that it was on Amazon, but only the first episode is it's for like free on Amazon. It's like an old show, stars. too, right? It's an old show. Like, what is with old I think shows? Like stars is one thing. They're like just trying to hold out against all, all the of their IP Plus and all yeah. of that. Which, which, like, I respect them for that. But just like very old annoying. shows, just make them available somewhere. Um. So on Screen Digits, the website, mm-hmm. all the features are included with your free subscription. Yep. Don't have to pay upgrades for anything. Nope. And uh, you can see what services they're on, mm-hmm. which is really nice. And you can actually like keep track of when it, when someone's like, "You got to watch this show," and you're like, "Yeah, I'll definitely watch that." You can act, you can like put things on your watch list mm-hmm. and keep track of what you want to watch and keep track of what episode you're on. If you're like me and you like watch a couple episodes and you get bored and watch, it's one of my else. favorite features that I didn't really want to build, but I really like marking which episode I'm on or which season I'm on. It's just like really soothing mm-hmm. to be to able know where to, you're at. Yeah. It really orients yourself and to like keep. I feel like. I won't go too deep into this, but I feel like in the modern world, there's constantly just so much in your brain at all times. Like, mm-hmm. so much dumb shit is just in your brain at all times that's taking up space. Mm-hmm. And if, like, if I can just not have to think about what episode of that show I'm on mm-hmm. or what shows I'm supposed to be, like, starting next, it's yep. really nice to just to just outsource that to a easy-to-use website. Thanks. Um... So we're going to talk about some, a TV show mm-hmm. and, or no, a movie, sorry, and do our little... We're still not doing Severance today? We're going to save that up again? We're going to do Severance? This one, we have to do this one based on... Oh, for on sure. I didn't we know if we were going to try to cover off humor. No, I have a okay. lot of thoughts about Severance. You think you do. I have a we'll little emotions about time. severance. We'll, we'll save, save for that for next time. So we're going to talk about Don't Look Up for tonight to wrap yes. up this very cohesive episode. <laughs> um, so we watched Don't Look Up. I love this because it technically was released in some theaters. So its box office draw is 0.8 million and it oh. costs 75 million to make. Who knows how much uh, how much Netflix actually paid for it. Um, so it came out in 2021, and we watched it uh, in November. This is an Adam McKay project, and he has kind of like a really interesting, uh, you know, list of movies with him as director. You know, he has some real screwball comedies in the vein of um, Talladega Nights, Anchorman, that kind of stuff. And then he has this kind of other angle that he takes w- with a more political, I guess, historical skew, uh, specifically talking about the big short and then this movie. Yeah, I can see the big short connection for all like two yeah, thirds of that movie. This feels like a, like a sequel to it in some ways. Um, do you want to like give a summary? Do you want to do things we liked and didn't like? Do you want to do some Fuck Mary Kill. Um, I let's do a couple of screen digits things here. So I gave it, I gave it a star for directing. No other sc- stars. I said the act. I didn't give the acting quality high. I did not think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess we need to provide a little bit of more context. So the 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 basis of the movie, the synopsis, is that there are these like very kind of like nerdy reclusive astronomer astronomers. scientists working at like a university jennifer lawrence and leo dicaprio you're supposed to believe that they're these geeky <laughs> yeah. yeah jennifer lawrence is a, like a phd student and leonardo dicaprio is like her um 
mentor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she discovers an asteroid that is like approaching the earth and it's going to like smash into the earth and it's really big and it will destroy the earth essentially. And um, it's, it's a very heavy handed metaphor of climate change. Um, it's almost supposed to be like the opposite of mission impossible or something like that mm. where it's like, I've never actually seen Mission Impossible. Isn't that <laughs> Independence Day? Independence Day. I get them confused. Oh, goodness. Independence. It's kind of meant to be the we're opposite like heroes of Independence are, Day. Are trying to save the day? Yeah, we're Independence Day. Style. Armageddon or Independence Day mm-hmm. is like, let's send our heroes to try and do this. And this right. is the opposite. This is like, what would actually happen with like the, the way the governments are in the world today? Yeah. Almost like if you blended like a rival with like the government. Mm. Yeah like bungle of that one but it's like what would actually happen if there was like a catastrophe starting to happen um with like essentially the u.s political climate yeah and i think like the beginning of the movie i really liked that bit of it of Mm -hmm. again kind of like the the book like the uh, kind of like satire or absurdist or speculative i don't even know what word to use it for but just Mm -hmm. like the the like looking around and being like what the fuck are we doing mm-hmm. like <laughs> i liked that part of it at first and like kind of how they slowly unravel of like being like gaslit by the entire world because they go on like a morning show and they're just like making jokes and squeezing in the segment between something else yeah. and then like the president is just like well it's a it's an election term so i'm not going to do anything about this and it felt like so realistic that it was like funny at first but then it wasn't funny for me right i struggled to find it humorous it almost wasn't satirical enough at some points and it was just very fucking depressing for me and then in the second half when he gets into the whole like infidelity again it's like and why do why do we need an hour segue into his character kind of falling into the trap of fame and fame yeah. yeah like it just didn't seem like it needed to be in this movie um the one person who was consistently funny was jonah hill as the president's like asshole son yes he was um, funny i gave meryl streep the thumbs down i thought she was i didn't like the performance as the president yeah i might not have been her fault but yeah yeah um I gave the Best Actor Award to Kate Blanchett, actually, as the female actress-wise, uh, yeah, anchor, yeah, for that morning show because her character isn't really featured that heavily, but she does kind of have an arc, and I thought she did a lot with what she had, yeah. And then I gave Mark Rylance the ste- scene stealer because he was like the bizarro tech tech dude right he was creepy that doesn't even look like him in this one no you know who he reminded me of very strongly who was um contact with with jodie foster like right like he reminded me kind of of like a creepy cult dude the creepy cult dude from that Mm. movie he played like the same kind of antagonistic role Mm -hmm. i think although like slightly less murdery but um so yeah i in some ways it really worked because it definitely is a like I said, a little bit heavy-handed but it's definitely like a like kind of climate change um metaphor where it's like this horrible thing is happening and people know that it's happening and scientists mm-hmm. are saying like please like they're screaming please do something and it's very easy to just tune it out and go about your everyday life until it's too late yeah. but the movie lost me like halfway through first of all it's 138 it's minutes it's way too long mm-hmm. Uh, the first half was really well done and had that like political satire kind of thing and the climate anxiety and it handled that really well and it just really went off the rails in the second half I thought you have to have this whole Leonardo DiCaprio fame plot and he kind of goes off the rails and you have Jennifer Lawrence and fucking Timothy Chalamet (laughs) Chalamet shows up at the gas station and stuff oh man so it I think they had like the tone and the setup and all of that really well done and i think they just didn't quite know where to go from there to to connect to the ending that they had how'd you feel about the actual ending yeah fine hmm. 
um, I don't want to like spoil it, I guess, for anybody because there is a little bit of a um, shock value. I, I also think the second half uh, ambiguity. I was going to say, as you're mm. watching it, you don't really know how it's going to end. I will give it that that it yeah that it it kept me guessing about how it was going to end. But I think I also get like um, secondhand anxiety watching movies and things sometimes Mm -hmm. and the second half of this was a struggle there was a couple like turning points where they could have easily like solved not easily but turning points where they could have Mm -hmm. solved it and watching people like willfully choose to to not save the planet uh for their own gain or just for shits and giggles was it got a little too hard to watch for me of like oh why would you do that like I, so I struggled, especially, like you said, with the Meryl Streep and, like, the creepy tech guy. Like, yeah. even if that's, like, realistic to what, like, fucking Elon Musk would do with... Uh, oh, gosh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so at some point, it's, like, almost too well done and too realistic to the point that, it, like, is really difficult to watch, just, mm-hmm. like, anxiety-wise. And I know that's the point, that it's supposed to, like, make you, like, wake up and pay attention and, like... I don't know. I the first half was great. I kind of wish I had just like stopped watching the yeah. first half. Did we watch it in two parts. We did. Oh, okay. And yeah. the first half really had me. And then when we got back to yeah. watch it the next the next time we we finished it the next day or later the day. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I don't like this movie anymore. Like it just really wherever we stopped was where the tone shifted, and I was trying to figure out if it was just the mood I was in or the movie or probably a little bit of both, but. And I think, I think I also made this point. We've talked about this before too. If you're gonna make it a fucking two and a bit hours, like make it a TV show. Mm. And I think there were some clear points when you could have like separated into like some Episodic, episodes or something. Yeah. I think my biggest like TV hot TV movie hot take lately is that people just need to start embracing the miniseries. Yep, clear ending. Yeah. Like, just make it, like, three episodes. That's what I said about Andor, too. Was, like, instead of, like, a ten-episode arc, do, like, th- like th- like a trilogy movie or, like, a miniseries, and it would have made so much more sense. Yeah. And I think this one also could have maybe benefited from being, like, a miniseries where it's, like, three long-form episodes. Like, if, if everything's streaming now and you don't need commercials and shit, why are, like, they so hung up still on having it either be, like, a feature film or like an episodic tv series why aren't people playing with that more it's a good question right you have complete control over how it gets delivered like you've seen some how many episodes you when know, it comes deliver out them all but yeah movie right can you do a movie in three parts can you do a movie in five parts that why kind of not? thing why hmm. not and then you could do it you could release it and like build up the promotion for it mm-hmm. i don't know Gosh, you had a lot more to say than I expected. Well, as we were talking, I remembered more mm. of it. I just, I, like, I appreciated the satire, like you were saying. I just wanted it to be a comedy more than it was. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like I haven't, I haven't seen that many comedies that just really make me laugh in the last like five years. Uh, and I know with the subject matter, it's it it shouldn't have been that that would have been probably distasteful but i think the problem was just like it was the the like tension was so well done that even the parts that were supposed to be funny like you felt uncomfortable at instead of laughing at which i think was the point but again doesn't make for like the most fun viewing experience it wasn't meant to be fun but um i only have a couple quick upcoming things because we already talked about some of mine hit me good burger two no do not hear about it? It's not really going to happen. I think it really I is. I think you've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast. Believe it when I see it. I'm going to see if it's on screen digits yet. <laughs> oh my goodness. What's the date? Planned. It just says planned. Yeah. But Kel and Keenan are both, both attached. attached to it. The, and there's a synopsis. Dexter Reed is down on his luck after another one of his inventions fails. Ed welcomes Dex back to Good Burger with open arms and gives him his old job back. Oh God, with a new crew bad. working at Good Burger, Dex devises a plan to get back on his feet, but unfortunately puts the fate of Good Burger at risk once again. That, that tells me a lot. <laughs> but it's, it's planned. It's out here. It's part of the Good Burger collection. That's what it says <laughs> on the green budget. 
Um, Red, White, and Royal Blue has a release date. Okay. August 11th. Streaming? Prime video. Mm. It's a movie. Um, and Heartstopper Season 2 has a release date also, okay. both in August. Um, we're going to have to talk about Heartstopper sometime. Um, and I finally got... Um, Let me add that to our list. I finally got the third and fourth volumes of the graphic novel to complete my collection. Um, Those look like hefty graphic novels over there. They are a bit hefty, and I don't remember where I stopped. So I read most of it as a webcomic, and I don't remember like where I was up to on the webcomic. Whether we didn't talk about Heartstopper on the podcast already. I don't know. You'll have to check. (laughs) You'll have to check. I really don't remember. Maybe we should just combine them. Uh, when the second one comes out by the we time did, the podcast on October third, twenty twenty two. Love Thor, love Thor, Love and Thunder, Heartstopper. Why was it we on did my list then? Glass Onion and Psalm for the Wild Built, and then we did Bros and Anthropocene reviewed. I didn't remember that episode at all. That's hmm. the last one we did. Yeah, I remember talking an- about Anthropocene reviewed. That was the last one we did. I don't know. All right. Oh, you have more upcoming, or that's it? Both of those are coming out in August. So, well, thanks for listening, folks. I hope we entertained you at least a little. Felt like we were talking forever, but that was like a pretty tight hour. There you go. So that was wasn't as bad as it could have been. Something else you can put in the trailer for the podcast. (laughs) Not as bad as it could have been. Thanks for listening. You can find us uh, in between podcast episodes uh, at Book Digits on Instagram. Twitter? Are we boycotting Twitter? Mm technically we're still on twitter okay there's at dd get down on twitter or at book digits on twitter um and otherwise we'll catch you the next uh, month or two all right peace out folks